Good evening and welcome along to another live episode of Red Tinted Glasses. And Callum, we feared this might be the case when we did this episode that things were going wrong. We hoped for the better, but the table doesn't lie. We're sitting 11th in that relegation playoff zone and I really don't see the signs of things getting better. And as the episode title says, is the time running out for Robson or has it run out? Well, prior to the game, I was sitting in the car and I kind of thought to and said, spoke to my dad and said, if he doesn't win this, in fact, if we lose, well, if he doesn't win it, I think it was what it was. Didn't expect us to lose. Uh, if he doesn't win it, I thought he's got to go, surely. And um, well, there wasn't any signs of getting any better. In fact, there's only these signs of getting worse, isn't there? Yeah, and that's kind of the concern and that we've got a, a nucleus of a squad that should be doing a lot better and um, whether it's the players not pulling their weight or the manager not getting the best out of this squad remains to be seen and hopefully um throughout the course of this podcast tonight um or whenever you're tuning into this episode more so in lithuania where we were ranked second um this week um on soccer podcast so thank you to all the lithuanian aberdeen supporters clubs um support and we can kind of digest and go through most of the feeling of the support. And there's already a lot of you being involved in the comments here live on the channel. And I'm sure we'll be continuing to to do that um, as well, Callum, because I think this isn't really a knee-jerk reaction just based on a couple of defeats to, to Hibs and Kilmarnock, is it? No, it's based off several poor results um, <laughs> over the course of the season. And um, we seem to have put in, you know, a decent enough showing in Europe, um, but domestically it's been very poor. I know we're in a cup final, but even then, it wasn't. You know, it's not like we've trounced teams along the way, uh, mm-hmm. is it? I mean, we got there. That that's what's important. But it's it's incredibly, incredibly poor, and I just I, I don't I just can't see it getting any better whatsoever. Um, it's I a, guess as well we. For European football um, as well, potentially being a mitigating circumstance for the domestic um, front, you've got to remember as well, we've not actually won any of the European games either. For all that we've played well, we've not won them. And, you know, again, if spots and maybes we should have won a couple of the games, ultimately we've not. And again, kind of rings true in the way we spoke about the Hibs games, if spots and maybes we win that game but we didn't. And I feel there's a couple of if, if spots and maybes from last night's game as well that, that we'll talk about. We, we spoke about kind of changes and, and using the squad and there was three changes for the, the team last night that, that started. Angus McDonald, obviously the, the big talking point, Ruby wasn't suspended. Um, Chris Harvey confirming that. So Angus McDonald coming in for Ruby who dropped down to the bench. Duke replacing Sokler as, as many called for despite saying he's not playing well. Uh, and Johnny Hayes coming in for Jimmy McGarry. I can only imagine Jimmy McGarry's minutes are being managed um, ahead of his requirement to start that League Cup final because certainly based on Johnny Hayes' performance last night and look, he wasn't, he, they weren't great last night. Um, I, I do not want to see him starting that League Cup final. No, I don't. And the, the probably most metal part is, is he was probably one of the, um, I don't say one of the better ones, but one of the least worst, <laughs> if, if that sort of makes any sense. Um, I'd, I'd sort of maybe expected Connor Barron to come into the midfield, didn't didn't even get off the bench, which to me is absolutely baffling, especially when it was clear for everyone to see that Shinny was struggling uh, and we really struggled to get a grip of things in the midfield throughout the game, really. Uh, he only came on once you're already 2-0 down at Easter Road. So it sort of begs the question if something happened again with sort of the contract situation, is that why he's maybe not getting as much game time as he was prior? Um, I felt quite good about things going in, going into the game in terms of the starting 11. Uh, I, I, I was was happy to see McDonald in, certainly, and I thought he was um, he was probably our best performer. And I, I, I suppose, I mean, that's not quite, not really the compliment it should be, um, mm-hmm. however. Um, but, I mean, I just, I just, I just don't understand it. And the, the, the substitutions or lack of waiting lack for so of. long to, to make the changes, uh, the changes were... A little bit odd, um, and then also when we go one nil down, 
to then not just throw on Sockler as well. I know it probably would have made much of a difference, but at least give it a bash and see what fucking happens. Um, most of them out there, it looked like, weren't interested to me. Um, whether that's you know come from elsewhere, um, I, I don't know. They, they weren't tr- trying to play much football. It was very, very lethargic, slow, laboured. Passing it about between the back goes back to Roos and he either punts it up the park aimlessly or off the park or it just goes back into the defence and then Clarkson maybe shows, gives it back to one of them. Uh, eventually we work it out wide and uh, just put in an aimless, hopeless, hopeful ball into the box. And Look, I didn't mind when we were not playing good football last season. If you're not playing good football and you're getting results, it doesn't matter. That's what we needed to do last season. But now mm-hmm. we're playing the ugliest football uh, I, I remember for, for quite a while and um, not getting anywhere close to results, essentially. Yeah, exactly. And um, you'll probably be doing most of the talking uh, in this episode, given that me and my wife are on the same rocky relationship as Robson and the club right now. Um, but, you know, there, there is some some points in there about the kind of type of football that we're playing, you know, the, this whole football philosophy that we were supposed to be having as a style as a club that Robson is adamant in terms of taking us as far away from said philosophy and you know last night especially we spoke about this this afternoon one thing that that really grated me and i'm sure a lot of others is the fact that we've been persisting on playing Leighton clarkson behind a, a retiring graham shinney um i think is the politest way to to put that on, on graham's recent performances and why when barry first came into the job he kind of identified Leighton and moving him a bit further forward um, to kind of spray the, spray the balls into Miowski and be that creative player we know he can be. But this season, we're using him as the this, this sitting midfielder in front of defence and letting Graham Shinney do most of the legwork. It, it doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't, especially when you've got Conor Bannon and Povara uh, on the bench. You could come on uh, and provide some energy um, as the game goes on. Shinny, a lot of the time last night, I felt was just chasing the ball sort of aimlessly and running into people. Uh, I'm sure there was maybe a bit more uh, thinking behind it there, but it didn't seem like it. Um, and then also as well as Clarkson coming very deep to get the ball off the, off the back off the back three when someone when one of the midfielders did decide to uh, make, make an offer uh, for the back three as they passed it between themselves for a wee while. Um, Duke Miofsky having to drop so deep it was incredible to just get involved in the game because otherwise the ball's just going sail, sailing over the head for them to chase and probably going out for a goal kick most of the time um, and I think that sort of sort of tells you all we need to know about uh, our, our possession and, and our play on the ball the fact they were coming so deep and Duke wasn't really able to be that out ball that 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 we loved him for last season and um, He's getting the ball and he's surrounded by two or three command players. Same sort of thing happened to Shane Morris when he came on, came on as well, uh, who I thought actually looked pretty bright. Um, but then he's yeah. crowded out by two or three Kilmarnock players and nobody's bothering their arse to offer him a, offer him an out. So what's the point in him even trying? Um, it's it's It was abysmal, Glenn. It was abysmal. And it's, performance, it's that kind of performance you've, you've been expecting for a while. And um, I just can't see any signs of it getting any better. And, Oh, what, what's what's worse? Hearts, who've suddenly got on some decent form. I haven't won up here for a good long time. Uh, coming up here on Saturday. So, you can see how that's going to end, can't we? Yeah, well, even Kilmarnock before last night was that they hadn't won up here and God knows how long or scored up here. And I think their last four, I think it was that Adam Kennedy tagged us in la- last night. So, you know, it, it's shades of last season under Jim Goodwin when teams want to break a hoodoo. Who do you want to play? Uh, Aberdeen. And, you know, you spoke about the, the performances as well. And last night as well was one of those games where you could have almost accepted that performance if we'd been on the end of a 1-0 win. But we were on the end of a 1-0 defeat, which makes that performance way more unacceptable. And this is the kind of the breaks that we're not getting in a, in a sense as well. And one of those breaks, um, of course, came inside the first three seconds of the game where Marley Watkins chucks an elbow on Stefan Gartenman. Um, and the referee for me, I, I feel sees this incident, but I saw from the red shed, he just does the quick square. That's his TV. Like, I'm not making a decision on that. I'll let the man in my ear decide that. And for me, I'm thinking, well, no, your job is to referee the game, not let VAR referee this incident and of course again we're speaking about if spots and maybes here 
we don't get the break on VAR. I know you're staggered that it wasn't a red card, but you're also mm-hmm. staggered it didn't give the players any sort of reaction. No, in the first three seconds of the game uh, and something like that happens and we don't get the decision, that should be enough to get the players up for it uh, had it or not already been uh, had they not already been up for it and it wasn't enough they weren't up for it from from where I was uh, sat standing anyway uh, and I agree on the waiting for the referee uh, waiting for the VAR to sort of referee the game I absolutely uh, thought the same as Kaiser mentioned he's got to say Watkins definite red card also McGrath definite penalty I said that to the guys around me uh, as well on the McGrath incident he doesn't want to make the decision he's waiting for someone else to referee the game for him and mm-hmm. I think we're sort of seeing that quite a lot in this league uh, this season especially and it's not good enough from them but likewise we should have we should have had enough about us to win the game and we were nowhere close um, no you mentioned sorry mentioned David Watson's winner there briefly he was five years old when they last beat us at home and away <laughs> this season they've done it and it's not even Christmas yet this season so yeah the the teachers absolutely school schooled the pupil um, in terms of McInnes versus Robson. But you're right about the kind of refereeing uh, incidents as well. Obviously, we were going to come on to the McGrath incident a bit later um, on as well. But in that first half, obviously, shades of Ramadani versus Armstrong in the kickoff and two players coming together. So whether that was their kind of bit of revenge, who who knows? But we spoke on the last episode about the, the back three uh, and I feel it's the sword that Barry Robson's going to ultimately die on. It is his re- reluctance to move away from a back three. And boy, oh boy, did Kelly enjoy getting in behind the, the fullbacks last night with loads of success and getting balls into the box at ease. In particular, down our left side, Danny Armstrong v Johnny Hayes was painful viewing from an Aberdeen fan's point of view. Well, the one time I remember Hayes getting on top of Armstrong was... Uh, in the second half and he sort of fell over and luckily tackled him <laughs> that's the only thing I can remember um, and in terms of going forward as well they did not offer nearly enough but I suppose when you're playing a full back at wing back and you're expecting him to be one of the main threats going forward uh, in terms of Nicky Devlin anyway um, then that's the type of results you're going to get and it's just I don't know how they can't see that it's not working and it takes so long in games to deviate away from this back yeah. five um, to be honest, starting with that back five at home to Kilmarnock um, when you're needing to go and get a result and you look scared to lose the game, which we ended up doing anyway, um, is is baffling. And um, look, Steve Agnew as well, I'll mention it whilst it's on my mind, um, came in and I think the experience we needed to organise uh, a side at the back end of last season was was absolutely fine. It was correct. It was a good thing, right thing to do. But now it looks like shades of at the end of Steve Bruce's tenure at Newcastle where he was assistant in terms of the, it's we're setting them up as if there's no belief that they can actually play football when there's good players in there and I know Newcastle had a pretty terrible squad um, but there's players still there now that were that was under Steve Bruce that are now playing in the Champions League and performing well the likes of Murphy Almiron Longstaff Shah, Lascelles even now so it seems it seems baffling that we've got such a good squad and we're limiting ourselves playing in this way. And um, there is a pattern there. That's all. Yeah, and that was a point that um, Boo Boo nineteen oh three made earlier on uh, in the comments. As I said, lots of you getting involved tonight on that comment section. A lot of feeling um, around Robson, and but um, this comment was in, in aimed at Steve Agnew, saying lots of fans getting at the manager. Uh, saying get a manager in with experience sorry you'll be hard pushed to find someone with more experience than Agnew he's getting off very lightly and of course you've got to remember that was the first decision Barry Robson did he actually phoned Steve Agnew before he'd officially got the job that's how confident he was of getting the job and bringing someone with that experience and know how to do so but again that point you make about lack of belief in the squad do they believe they can go out and win games again shades of Jim Goodwin when we saw the those ill-fated games in December and the, the old firm doubleheader at Pataudry where more so in the Celtic game when we when we set up in that negative mindset to just sit in behind the ball have we sucked some of the belief out of some of these 
talent and players. I'm looking at more so Leighton Clarkson this season compared to last season. You know, a lot of people will say, well, boy, Miolski's flourishing in this squad, but he's not scored in the last two games and neither have we. Um, we're, we're struggling without that goal contribution and obviously Duke's been the kind of shadow of what he was last season and for some inexplicable reason, uh, as you already alluded to earlier, Esther Sokler doesn't see any minutes last night regardless if it's getting chucked on for pity minutes at 1-0 down but how we didn't make it on at 0-0 I mean only Barry Robson will know especially when uh, of the strikers if we're going to play this hoofball style uh, as we sort of saw against Rangers he's the one most likely to go and win a header and go and win a flick on or knock it down uh, and he's still sat on the bench I don't understand we're not playing to Duka Mijovsky's strength last night I was happy to see Duka come in I was hoping maybe this is going to be the game that they get back to how they sort of were. Uh, mm-hmm. I was wrong, but when the ball's sailing over their head, a lot of the time, you know, you can't really blame, blame them. And they're coming so deep to get involved in the game. This The style of football really is just eye-bleeding stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And they just seem to lack any sort of idea or belief that they can actually play some decent football. And even when they're on the ball and they've got 10 yards of grass in front of them, they're so hesitant to actually dribble into the space and try and make things happen. It's unbelievable. The only player that didn't seem to be scared of doing that was Shaden Morris. And of course, he only got 15 minutes. And as you said, it's quite damning of the fact that he was probably the only player you'd give pass marks to. Um, But even Johnny Hayes as well, that... You know, he was a Bambi on ice last night. He could hardly stay on his own two feet. And I think it pretty much summed up our night um, as well when that chance, I think it was a poor pass for me from Boyan as well, goes through to Johnny Hayes and he kind of trips over his own feet and, and face plants into the into the deck. I mean, summed up our attempts to score over the last two games. Mm-hmm. And decision-making as well, a lot of the time very questionable. I think one key example is Gartman actually took yes. the ball and started driving and then decided to play the ball sort of with the outside of his right foot instead of just playing it across either Shinny or someone else on his left-hand side. I think it was Shinny and Hayes on his left-hand side and he tried to play it through to Miofsky. It was a terrible ball that he was never going to be able to control. But again, that's similar to what we saw against the Rangers. It's almost that reliance on Bojan Miofsky where Shinny, instead of playing it through to Esther Sokler, went for the option of of Bojan last night. You're absolutely right. I don't know if Stefan just was blind to who was on his left-hand side or just knew that Bojan was there and thought, well, he's getting the ball. Terrible pass, resulted in nothing. And then also we saw in the game against Helsinki as well. I mean, I'm expecting my striker to go for a goal in that area where Bojan, pretty tame shot, but could have played in Jamie McGrath. Again, it's that decision-making in the final third is really coming home to to cost us in these last three games. And we've got big games coming up. As we said, must win was yesterday. If yesterday was a must win, then God fucking knows what the Saturday is against Hearts. Um, Because anything other than three points, I'd hate to think what the atmosphere is going to be like. I, I can't see. I can't see us getting three points against Hearts. Uh, typical of the form we're in um, and their record up here. Uh, that being mm-hmm. said, on the flip side, I suppose maybe that's the kind of thing we need up here, just someone who never wins uh, in the northeast. Um But now I've said that, I mean, I'm really not looking forward to the game. And then we've got Thursday as well and Cup final. This can't be arsed, Glenn. There's this apathy seeping in here. Well, I wish it was apathy because I do care and it's just really annoying me. So I'm trying not to care and it's really difficult. You sound like Gary Neville. Um, and for anyone that saw that Gary Neville rant after Newcastle um, defeated Man United, it feels almost like what Callum was trying to project there and kind of sums up the, my sort of feeling as well about apathy and and boredom kind of creeping back in but it's not apathy because we do care I think it's just frustration at seeing our club go down a route that is boring us to tears there was less than 14,000 at the game last night I, I mean forgive me for forgetting how many season tickets we've allegedly sold this season and you know opposition fans tuning into this podcast will be like how have you forgotten that because you made a big song and dance about it this season but if it was not it was certainly over, was it 11,000? There wasn't a lot of, you know, regular turn up and pay on the day punters last night. Not that they can blame anybody for doing that. No, I was going to say, who could blame them? This time of year, freezing, the football's god awful. 
Uh, and we're not going to be likely to risk getting a result. It's very slim. I can't imagine the attendance. I'd imagine it'll be a bit better on Saturday, but it's it's. Uh, I certainly don't think it'll be a, a good good a good uh, turnout. And the atmosphere was really really poor, toxic at times. But again, who can blame them when the product on the park is. Uh, What's worse than really poor? Abysmal. Abysmal is the word yeah. I'll go for. Yeah, they, um, they've got to give us something to sing about, don't they? And they're not. Yeah. So I'm going to expect anything else. Well, I noticed the drum was absent in the red shed last night, and it was probably one of the worst atmospheres I've seen in the red shed since it started. I don't know what's going on there, if there's still disputes going on between um, the UA and the club as well. But as Bob Duff points out as well, Iona Ballantyne from the BBC mentioned it to me today when I was on the lunchtime drive, mm. saying it's the club AGM on Monday evening. Um, at, at Pataudry so I'm sure Dave will be back in the country for that um, a gathering of the football monitoring board um, down at AB24 but will the manager or be in place at that AGM answering the questions from the fans or not? Oh I don't know I mean thing is though even if Robson was to get the bullet after the weekend I just don't trust them lot to appoint the right manager really do they? I know they were kind of the hand was pretty much forced in terms of Robson, in terms of how well he did, but the two prior um, weren't much use. And I mean, the fact Stephen Gunn's still there, um, I just I don't I don't know if I trust them to hire a competent manager. However, if that if that is to be the case where we do end up come Monday looking for a new manager, I just hope to God it's someone with experience because these inexperienced coaches aren't working, are they? Tony Mowbray's free and got lots of experience. And for anybody yeah, saying he's a dinosaur, that football he was playing at Sunderland last season, they near he nearly got them to the Premiership. Thank God he didn't. Um, typical of Sunderland to get rid of a manager right before uh, a weird time derby, mind you, but that's besides the point. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one that popped into my head simply because he's just got just been binned by Sunderland. Um, and there we go, a nice cheap option for, for Dave to save some Cormac coins. Yeah, um, exactly. But look, you're you're right about Robson in in terms of how he came into the job. You know, but we're not going to hold our hands up and say that we didn't want Robson to get the job because I think most of us here and probably tuning into this episode, whether you're joining us live tonight or or catching up on audio, will have been happy to see Barry Robson get the job because of what he did at the back end of last season. Uh, unfortunately, it was one of those damned if we did, damned if we didn't because had we not appointed Robson and been sitting here talking about whoever took over in this situation, it was like, well, we should have appointed Barry Robson. So um, just one of those things. Um, first half, chances few and far between, especially from an Aberdeen point of view, more so regularly for Kelly Kel Roos having to make a really good fingertip save to deny Kilmarnock from a corner. But also Will Dennis, um, obviously, as we mentioned on the preview, kind of contentious around whether or not he should have seen red versus hearts. Stops well from Duke. You'll have had a better view in the South. Should Duke have scored that opportunity? Yeah, should have, should have done better. I think a confident, fully firing Duke does. Um, he absolutely should have done better. But at the same time, when that's the only opportunity um, he got basically throughout the game, um, and we were so limited in terms of chances, it's, it's difficult. It's very difficult. And I suppose for them, when they're not involved in the game up there as well, it's hard to stay alive and alert in that box. Um, especially when most of the time it's been crossed to about the penalty spot and just booted away. Yeah, no, exactly. And to be honest, that was the kind of only real save I think Will Dennis had to make last night because most of our other opportunities, well, I think there was a Richard Jensen header, um, but it was just directed straight at him kind of reminded me of Sam Lammers um, a, a few weeks ago at Pataudry where either side of the keeper he probably scores Jensen did have the ball in the back of the net but um, ruled out for, for offside VAR did check that in the first half didn't seem to be kind of any complaints or any dubiety about how close it, it, it was I guess with offside you can't really kind of debate these things too much um, there was a couple of weird decisions from the referee not just meaning um, not to give Marley Watkins a red card but some of the bookings we picked up um, I felt were extremely soft especially Richard Jensen's as well where it seemed like he got tackled off the ball yet Killy won the free kick and Richard Jensen got booked yeah madness the, the referee was clueless all day long uh, I think yeah they obviously got the offside right and didn't even celebrate because the lines of the flag went up <laughs> quickly mm. there was no point point. Um, 
But it was very, very odd. I don't even know who it was. I, I got told last night and I couldn't really remember. I didn't recognise him whatsoever either. And as we mentioned, he was sort of waiting for VAR to make decisions. And then there was instances like that where he just kind of just kind of looked at the people around me and just been like, what? what is he on? It was unbelievably yeah. bad. But at the same time, it's just the sort of thing we're used to in Scotland, isn't it? And at the yeah. same time, we should have been relying really on the referee too. No, and this is the thing, we shouldn't be relying on referees and this is kind of the other frustrating point because it's giving excuses almost to the likes of Barry Robson to say, well, if that happened, then we could have got this. Same last night where he um, reeled off his line about how many shots we'd had. Um, You can add that to the list of um, Hacken and Hibbs um, from this season as well. But there was, of course, that the contentious issue where Jamie McGrath seemed to be fouled off the ball. We saw, of course, what happened a few weeks back where Connor Goldson gets a penalty from the shirt pool from Stefan Gartman. I mean, I really don't know what the difference between the two was last night because there's a clear hand on the back of Jamie McGrath. McGrath's taken down before the ball even reaches him. McGrath's not going down for the sake of going down to win the win a penalty. How, how's that not getting overturned? I don't know. I don't know. But as we said, it, it looked like immediately he was waiting for VAR to make a decision for him, um, which shouldn't be the case. But for me, absolutely a, a penalty. I mean, why would he not just wait and take the ball in himself? It, it, mm-hmm. Like, why would he not? He's not throwing himself down. In fact, he's not really a player that does that at all either. Um, you know, maybe, maybe if it was someone else, then maybe you think, ah, he does it all the time. But he doesn't. Um, he's an honest boy, I get the feeling. Um, and it should have been a penalty. Although, no, in our luck, we still wouldn't have fucking scored it uh, based off recent history. Yeah, well, I did wonder um, if it was going to be um, given who'd have stepped up to take it. Would Jamie have stepped up or would Boyan look for redemption? Um, we spoke about bookings and, and players that, that picked up bookings. Johnny Hayes picked up one. Um, for, for me, I thought it was more of a dive from from Danny Armstrong when, when Johnny got booked. Quite lucky, though, I think, in the second half to not actually pick up a, a second booking for a challenge in and around the halfway line. Um, certainly the Killy player surrounded the ref very quickly to kind of be inquisitive as to why so when I saw the two subs um, a way to come on I thought perfect we're getting rid of him way too late in the game anyway but strangely enough no Johnny Hayes lasted 90 minutes last night unbelievable Madness, absolute madness. Whilst well, Esther Saltcliffe sitting on the bench could have left Duke to be be the wide man, but no. Um, and the fact we only made two substitutions just yeah. very, very odd. The fact we waited so long as well. When after five minutes, of the second half, you could have seen that nothing's changed um, whatsoever. It's just it's becoming a common theme, really, isn't it? In in, in mm. these kind of games, um, he's taking too long, and then even when does make the changes still pretty questionable uh, I thought right to bring on Jimmy McGarry uh, a bit more of an attacking yeah. threat than that left hand side he looked okay and um, was actually glad she and Morris came on I thought someone who will run at players and uh, try and make things happen and that he did uh, unfortunately uh, nobody else uh, seemed like they could be arsed yeah well I, uh, I'm like you as well I was happy enough seeing Jimmy McGarry come on and I thought that was going to be for Johnny Hayes I felt a bit sorry for for Angus McDonald being the one that was was sacrificed, but obviously that was because we were changing formation. We went more to a, a four three three, but to then decide that Johnny Hayes was going to be our left winger, where you've got um, was Ryan Duncan on the bench last night. He was Ryan Duncan yeah. can probably play that. I mean, he's played every other fucking position this this season, uh, and Esther Sokler has shown in preseason games that he can play out wide. And I'm sure it's just determined to, to get more minutes and prove to the Aberdeen support, let alone Barry Robson, <clears throat> what he can do this season. So to just completely shun him is, I really don't know what Barry's kind of problem is. If it's an, an issue with some of the recruitment and he doesn't want to play those players, I, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense, you know, especially when he came out last night and spoke about, you know, if you're not playing well in games like this, just make sure you don't, um, you know, you don't lose them. It felt very negative from when I was mm. listening to um, the, the Terrace podcast and Graham Thewlis and Tony Anderson speaking about the most negative manager in the league being Barry Robson. It, it's hard to defend when you see questionable decisions and performances like last night. Yeah, 
there's, we've got very decent players, um, decent football players, and we're playing in just the most horrendous ways possible. And likewise, you could probably think of players who weren't even on the bench. Two players that we spent transfer fees on in recent times, Fabi Abigail, not on the bench, and Vicente Bissau, and continues to be frozen out. Um, mm-hmm. And when you need with someone who could be direct with the ball at their feet, Oh, Vicente Basawin would have been a dream, I'm sure. Uh, but maybe it's a dream. I don't even know if it exists at this point, uh, other than his few Instagram stories. Yeah, it's it's baffling what, what's going on. It'll be kind of that he'll be that player that a new manager will come in and he'll be like the new signing. Um but who who knows? And I think I don't know. I personally said when I walked out with Pataudry last night, as soon as the ball hit the back of the net, that Kelly got what they deserved in terms of winning that game. I think Willie Miller said a draw would have probably been a, a fair result. I just thought Kelly maybe created the the more clear-cut chances in comparison to us. But the goal, once again, just summing up how poor we are at the back. Graham Shinney, ball-watching. Take nothing away from the finish from, from David Watson because it's fucking superb, the control and finish. But from an Aberdeen point of view, questions galore. Oh, incredible. It's insane what can happen when you play an academy product in the midfield, isn't it? Mm. Uh, brilliant finish, has to be said. But yeah, ball, a lot of ball watching going on, more questionable defending um, after Sunday. Um, and the man who was probably responsible for that wasn't even on the park uh, from Sunday uh, last night. I just I don't understand. We seem to how many times towards the back end of games this season do we set tend to sort of lose goals uh, as well? Look at the set like collapse, the collapse against Pauk later on, um, Kilmarnock, and that probably comes from not using squad players being knackered out there. E.g. Graham Shinney. I mean, at that point you've got to just do whatever you can to make sure he doesn't get that shot off or get the shot blocked. Just put him under pressure, maybe um, lean on him slightly and hope that that sort of fluffs he fluffs it. Nope, let's just let him caress it into the top corner absolutely beautifully. Um, it's just it's just what you want, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's just really frustrating. And obviously, you know, it's a big game coming up uh, against Hearts on Saturday at Pataudry. And, you know, we want to be in European football this season, but you can't help but feel we're looking over our shoulders right now, um, Callum. We've got... Um, Livingston is our next domestic league match. They host um, Hibs um, and Kilmarnock um, before coming up to Pataudry. So is it is it fair to say we could actually be bottom by our second next league game? It's possible with the way things are going. I mean, there's no reason to suggest otherwise, is there? And we're certainly not too big a club to be involved uh, in a relegation scrap. We shouldn't be, but Right now, it seems like we are. And just look at across the rest of, the, not even Europe, the world. Santos just relegated from the top division in Brazil. Uh, Ajax struggling. Leon struggling. Uh, Schalke potentially going to drop out of of, uh, of a League Two, I think, in, in in Germany as well. We're not too big to be involved in this kind of thing, and I think we are at this moment in time. Um, you know, look, we could be thirteen points behind Hearts after the weekend. Um, and, and at that point, it, uh, just forget about them and focus on getting up at the table. Mm. Um, but if Robson's the right man to do that, uh, I am not convinced anymore after last night. Yeah, and as Andy Wright points out as well, because um, if we take out our games against Rangers, we're actually bottom of the league, um, which is quite surprising because I know it really frustrates a lot of Rangers fans how they fail to take more points than they have from us this season, but um, playing it into their hands. But uh, as DM says as well, all the wins this season have just papered over the cracks. And again, you know, without wanting to mention that team from Govan, that win at Ibrox was probably the first one that kind of really highlighted the the papering over the cracks as good a win as it was regardless. It feels like now it maybe did paper over a few cracks. It certainly did. And um, look, Neil Warnock's always wanted to manage in Scotland. We've turned him down before. Maybe now's the time, Glenn. Hey, um, as Pedros73 said earlier, Malky Mackay's free. Right, let's not take the piss here. I mean, the, the meltdown from um, Gary at ABZ would be quite something if Malky um, pitched up in the dugout. Um, but there was a question 
proposed to us from former guest of the show, Steve Tosh. Steve Tosh is on Twitter. Um, not quite well known that he's on Twitter, mind, mind no. you, but Callum, he posed a question and said, would we have given up group games in Europe to be sitting in fourth or third in the league just now? He's not sticking up for Barry here, but is the issue the reliance to rely on the same players because others aren't good enough? I think that is part of the problem, or whether the management believe they're not good enough, um, certainly plays into things when uh, when we are struggling and we're blown out of our arses after an hour or 70 minutes. These players could certainly come in and, and liven things up a little bit. Um, I, I don't know. I suppose I've not been on a way on any trips. Maybe you wouldn't sacrifice it because you've had a great time gallivanting. <laughs> um, however... I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one because then at the same time, what's the point of being third or fourth this season? So we're going to we're going to get them, I guess. Again, I, I think as well when people want to say that Robson's doing a worse job than than Jim Goodwin, you've got to caveat with the fact that Jim Goodwin didn't have the European group stage games to to contend with as well. But I think the the point that that Steve Tosh makes about the the reliance on the same players is huge because everybody else is you know, picking up on the fact that the club made this big deal about squad rotation, getting in a big squad for the season ahead. And we've barely rotated. And the one time we did make wholesale changes, we, we played a reserve team against Helsinki in a game that Barry Robson claimed was not a dead rubber. And um, because you tell the one and a half thousand fans that travel to Helsinki, it was a dead rubber. Well, you actually asked most of the one and a half thousand fans that were there, they would have told you it was a dead rubber body. But then to make the eight ch- changes going into the game against Hibs, we then lose that game. Yes, the performance is probably the best of the, the Sunday um, games that we've played. You know, you look at the games we played against Kilmarnock and St Mirren in particular, which were really bad. But again, the result was not there. And ultimately, for a football manager, it's results that keep you in a job. And right now, for Barry Robson, results aren't going in his favour. No, they are not. In fact, someone tweeted me today. Um, one second, I'll just get it up for you there. Um, don't be crude. Um, <laughs> the AFC 1903 GB summed it up perfectly, I think, with the way things are at the moment. He said... I don't even drink and I want one at the football now. That's the state that I've got their fans in uh, at the moment. Um, it's, I, I, I don't know, it's a very tough one, but I think maybe players haven't been brought in of a high enough club calibre. The fact that, well, we've brought in Ordadi and Reese Williams on loan and they've not even played a minute of, of competitive football for the first mm-hmm. team. Um, Papi Abugay now not even good enough to feature on the bench. Uh, it would seem Vicente Basawan's frozen out. Why did we keep him in that case? And we could have got him out and brought in someone that perhaps Barry Robson would have viewed as good enough. Um, it's baffling, and I just, I just don't see it getting any better. And it's really annoying that we're going to be so busy with all these podcasts, and at the moment can only see them all be miserable. Uh, so strap in, folks. <laughs> it's a good thing most Aberdonians enjoy being miserable because otherwise we'd get told off for being too negative. Um, so I had in the notes, Callum, to ask you where you now stand on, on Barry Robson, but I feel you've kind of summed up where you are over the co- course of these first 38 minutes of, of this episode. But uh, are you in that Robson out camp now? Or, you know, as much as we've been wanting this to work, is the damage done now? Um, yeah, I think so. As I said, going into the game, I sort of thought... Um, if we don't win, then then he, it's probably done, isn't it? And mm-hmm. not only did we not win the game, we lost the game. It was absolutely horrendous, eye-bleeding stuff. You know, you go to football for a distraction uh, from the day-to-day, uh, day-to-day lives of, of many. And um, it sort of just made me want to think I could be anywhere else right now doing anything else. And I'd be enjoying it more. Uh, I, don't get me wrong, I would love for us to, you know, go on, beat hearts, um, go on and lift the cup. I just can't see these things happening at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just hoping that come Sunday or Monday or whenever we get around to talking about that game on Saturday, um, that things have changed drastically and the faculty of football fans is clear for all to see. Um, I would be, I'd be delighted if that was the case. However, I'm not confident that it will be. 
No, neither am I. And I, I can't help but feel last night was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, you just need to listen to the, the reaction as soon as the, the goal went in, the the, the Barry get to fuck chants, getting sung in the red shed, the, the booze ringing round at, at full time. And I think once the fans turn, it, it's hard to win them back. Would winning the cup final win them back? Maybe. But I think ultimately the damage is being done in the league right now. And in terms of resurrecting our league form, I, I can't help but feel that a new manager is needed because, you know, there was a, a tweet this this week about us kind of mirroring Dungeon United in terms of sleepwalking into to relegation. You know, we're not too big. We're not too good to be relegated. It, it, it just seems that we're just focusing a lot. We've put all our eggs in this cup final basket. Mm-hmm. And if we then go on to lose it, you're not giving if if we go down the route of a new manager a lot of time to come in and assess what he's got um up up until the up until the transfer win, window comes around and that that's kind of the point that, that Dan D said as well um we said Robs needs to go now while we still have time for a new manager to come in and assess the squad before the transfer window unfortunately Dave and the football monitoring board won't do anything until it's too late do you feel this whether I should say lose or draw because I think if he wins he, he stays in the job uh, until the cup final um, if we were to lose o- o- on Saturday does does Robson still get the cup final? Um, I think he will I don't think he should though that would be my stance on it what about you? Uh, yeah um, I feel the, the exact same and I, I think he I think even last night that was my feeling that knowing full well whatever happens this weekend, he'll probably still be in charge um, come that cup final. And we've spoken about the kind of performances in Europe. These so-called bigger games have brought the best performances, ultimately not the best results. I saw someone say that he scraped us into the the cup final. If he scrapes us to a trophy, you mentioned that fickle nature of football fans. We won't care how we get to lifting the trophy as long as we do it. To be honest, for me, the perfect scenario would be Barry wins us the trophy and then goes out on the back of that and says someone else can take over. I can't see that happening, mind you. But it's it's not like exactly the right, it's, you know, it's not exactly the right form or or mood around camp to be going into a cup final, is it? Um, no. After the Rangers game, I sort of thought, okay, maybe that good decent result. Maybe we go and get a decent result in Helsinki, and then we can build on things. Um, heading towards that cup final, it's gone the opposite way ultimately. Mm. Um, and it's not ideal going into a cup final. We could be bottom of the league by then. Um, I just, I don't, he won't go before then, will he? And will he yeah. even go after it? Uh, would you take winning both cups and relegation? <laughs> <laughs> take winning both cups and surviving, finishing 11th and winning the playoff. <laughs> I don't have any confidence that we'd beat Wraith or whoever in the final at the moment. In fact, I'm rather concerned about the upcoming Clyde game as well, given last season's debacle. And that's why Ian McCall was on the radio today giving Barry Robson his full support and saying he's got credit in the bank because he knows fine well it's Clyde's best chance of beating us in the Scottish Cup right now. Um, but of course, we've got to to get past Hearts first. That's, that's our next game. And as Barry, I'm sure, will be saying, full focus is on the next game. And Hearts put together one of their best runs of recent results um, up until um, midweek defeat to Rangers in a game where... Rangers once again had Jack Butland to thank to to prevent Hearts at least scoring. So I'm sure despite the defeat, Hearts will be coming to Pataudry in full confidence that they can look to capitalise on the wounded animal that is Aberdeen. And Callum, I'm struggling to even give any form of positivity that our poor run of results will come to an end this weekend, despite, as you've already mentioned on this show, Hearts's terrible record in the northeast i can't i've not no confidence either i just hope that the players decide you know what we actually quite like this guy let's let's look like we're interested and and get a result out of this game that's what you can only hope that backs up against the wall and we're forced to perform because surely they know full well that they'll get uh, another manager sacked after a lot of them did so last season uh essentially um I'm just waiting for Dave on the radio saying how Barry's greeted him in the tunnel and said, it's not good enough, is it? And hugged him and walked off. That's what I'm waiting for. And then there's that little 
couple of tears rolling oh, down the cheek for for good effect as well. Um, look, I think you made the point about the player's reaction uh, in the opening seconds to Marley Watkins' challenge. For me, the biggest kind of telling point this weekend will be how the players react because yes, the pressure is on Barry Robson because ultimately mm. the buck stops with him, but you you summed it up really well there about the players getting Jim Goodwin sacked. And I think regardless of managers, someone pointed out as well, we've still got the same kind of nucleus of, of squad, but the, the players seem to be, um, I think it was, yeah, it was Jason Campbell here where he says, I've thought for a while now that the problem lies with a few of the players that have been here for the past two or three managers. Something's rotten, not just Barry's tactics. And Saturday for me is that chance for some of these players to prove that they're playing for the manager, prove that they want Barry to still be here. Because last night was probably that first inkling, that first sighting that some of these players maybe aren't fighting for the manager as much as they say they are. Again, eerie shadows of what we saw last January. Um, well, yeah, not last January, this January, whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, certainly there is. And not even, even play for themselves. Who's going to want to, uh, what manager coming in next would want to pick a player that if things aren't going their way, they know they're just going to down tools for them. Who's going to want that? Do it for themselves and the, and the good of their career as well, if nothing else. And for the fans that are turning up, I know there's thir- less than 14,000 there, but there's still nearly 14,000 people who've turned up in the fucking freezing cold with ice around Pataudry and, and bothered their arses wasting their time for um, for 90 plus minutes. Do it for them. Um, likewise, you know, fans that have been travelling n- not only uh, all across Scotland, but abroad as well um, this season. And right now we're not seeing any sort of desire, any fight, a- any greater determination. And you've, you've got to hope that it's going to come out this Saturday because there's a lot on the line in this game. And as I say, not even for, for their manager, but perhaps for them too. Exactly. We don't even see any grit on the, the pavements um, in Aberdeen, let alone the pitch, even in Aberdeen City Council. Um, and certainly seeing some of that on, on, on Saturday would be most welcome. But, you know, the, the success that Kelly had um, last night against the, the fullbacks, you, you think to this weekend, they've got Oda, Vargas, Alan Forrest, players with a lot more pace, a lot more directness that can cause problems. We all know what Lawrence Shanklin can do, and I'm sure he'll be coming up here to once again prove a point to, to Aberdeen as he seems to love doing, but only at Tynecastle in, in recent seasons. It, they've got players that can hurt us. We've got Boyan Miofsky that can hurt them. The midfield, once again, I, I feel is going to be rotated for this game because I don't think Barry Robson knows his best midfield. I don't either. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know it, and I, I don't think he does. Um, I'd love to see Connor Barron come back in. He's been probably a shining light outside of Boyamiovsky this season, um, yet not really getting a look in. I'd love to see him come in, probably for Graham Shinney, uh, based off the last performance. And to be honest, Danny Povara could easily come in for Leighton Clarkson as well. Um, just going off recent, recent. Well, in fact, for Leighton Clarkson, most of the season, unfortunately for him. Um, it's just not been happening for whatever reason. I just uh, Sockler as well for Duke perhaps comes in too, um, higher up the park. But I, I mean, I wouldn't be against. I wouldn't be against Sockler coming in because we saw with Miolski and Sockler that kind of physicality um, that that was offered uh, in, in that Rangers game, and both have got pace that. I was going to say that can trouble a Hearts backline that have looked ropey, but they kept four clean sheets out of their last five, so that even they've kind of firmed up their problems defensively. It's us that seem to be piss poor at the back right now. Yeah, well, Andy Wright suggests could we not play four midfield with a diamond? We could go back to the Frankfurt formation. That seemed to be working, and then we've packed it in. So I don't know why. Um, very negative, but it worked at least. And um, football's a results-based business, so that's what we've got to do to get results at the moment. Um, I would be happy if it ended up with us getting three points against Hearts on Saturday. Yeah, unfortunately, like his predecessor, I think his stubbornness is going to be ultimately the thing that kills his um chance in in this job despite as you said you know a couple of results change that that fickle nature of of football the the support 
in terms of him uh, and us towards him has has gone in my my opinion and it's too difficult to, to win that back cup win aside but even then it's clutching at straws for a few more weeks yeah, it is, but, but we we can but hope, as John Smith says. Four in the middle just means the ball flying over four heads instead of three. Correct, very correct. But it seems to be somehow more successful than the than the um, the five three two, if you like. But yeah. I don't know what else there is for us, Glenn, other than hope at this point. Um, and I suppose for the players as well, if they come up come out flying uh, on Saturday, then it means the crowd will stick behind them a little bit longer and we won't be booing them uh, as they pass it about and piss it about at the back, uh, playing it back to Roos for him to just not keep the ball in the park. Yeah, and or if it's nil-nil at halftime and we're playing shite and there's the boos at halftime, Cal Roos to, um, you know, put his hand down to the red shed telling everybody to calm down while everybody's paid their money, they're entitled to their opinion, Cal. Um, we're more than unhappy with what's what's going on for me it can't help but think you know some of the the players are a bit more distracted by what's going on from the voices coming down from the stand which is a a bit concerning but you said all we can do is hope well as every football fan will tell you it's the hope that kills you Callum and it could be the hope that kills Barry Robson um, in the end but I'm just hopeful that we don't have more negativity to speak to because we kind of said that Frankfurt game coming up with no Frankfurt fans coming with the game meaning the square root of fuck all um, ahead of a a cup final where I'm sure once again we'll have half the fringe players out. That game feels like a total effort to go um, to go to, let alone the game this weekend, which is which is sad. And again, it, it goes back to that point about you know saying about apathy. Me mentioning the Gary Neville, um, Gary Neville rant, kind of feels where we are just now. And we probably mentioned that pre Ibrox about apathy coming in very early into the season. Thought mm-hmm. we'd got over that hurdle, but we're we're straight back to to that feeling right now. And it's a busy month. A lot of these games are at home and Barry Robson spoke about that being crucial to us starting to pick up points. And, you know, much like you banging the, the jungle drums of, was it October being the month that turned things around? <laughs> that seems stupid now. Yeah, we saw how that went. Is Barry beating the jungle drum of December being important with all these home games going to come back uh, and haunt him as well? Well, possibly. I hope uh, for both Barry's sake and our... Um, mental state that it is the month that turns things around because it's not enjoyable doing these negative podcasts. I'd much rather us be talking uh, talking about a victory and hopefully that is the case uh, post-Saturday. Yes, let's hope so. Um, a bit more positivity, especially ahead of that cup final um, coming up a, a week on Sunday as well. Poor Skokesker in the comments probably been about the only person that's remained positive um, yeah. throughout. So glad to see someone's not been fully broken by Barry Robson yet. But thank you to everybody um, who has interacted with this show tonight in the comments. Um, there's been into three figures tonight as well so if you could all watching tonight or on catch up of course remember to hit that like button as well it does really help us in the long run and subscribe if you're new to the channel and haven't done so it's free to do so as it is on audio leave a review leave a like on audio as well again it helps us reach more don's fans to share our negative opinions on the football club and barry robson um as it seems to be but we hope you've enjoyed we um what feels like a bit of a therapy session um, after last night. Um, So stay strong and let's pray that things can get better. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.